Hey, it's Living Cola. Welcome to Casualty of Love's Apologies. Each week, I'll be reading chapters from my book, C-O-L-A. This podcast is rated R for Relatable. What I found when writing was how freeing it allowed me to be. My prayer is that as you listen to this story, you will find your own peace and freedom. It may be a bumpy ride, but we'll get through this together. It starts right now. Chapter 39 Caught up O sons of men, how long will my honor and glory be turned into shame? How long will you, my enemies, love worthless, vain, futile things, and seek deception and lies? Salah. Psalm 4-2 The phone call from Romeo was great, but not enough. I was trying to stay focused on my life. I had heard too many promises to take him seriously. Plus, I was swimming in debt, and my license just got suspended for non-payment of fines. Ugh. I needed my license back up quickly because I was about to start my summer classes to speed up my degree. Mommy and Daddy to the rescue. I had some RESP money saved up, and they took it to pay off my debt and get my license reinstated. I had all intentions of fighting the tickets, but I forgot. And it piled up till I wasn't able to pay for it. My parents came clutch right in the moment. I got a new start with my good up, good up credit. (laughs) My goal was to make it through the summer. I picked my classes that would be a new brainer for for me to bring up my GPA. I was sitting at a C minus average currently and at the risk of being kicked out of my program if my GPA didn't improve. I couldn't be a single mother and university dropout. I'd be no better than the girls in my building. Some of them were proud to be ghetto and going nowhere. Some of them spent time at home doing nothing. And some of them just wasted their time on phone with niggas from jail. My neighbor, Sherry, was one of those chicks who spent time on the phone with niggas from jail. One in particular. We had hit it off from when she moved in. She was nice and had a beautiful daughter. Maybe it was out of the convenience that we lived right next door, but we became close friends. She was my best friend in the building. Anything I needed, anything she needed, I was there. And anything I needed, she was equally there. It was a bonus that our kids got along very well. We were always in each other's house. It was as dope as a friendship could get. So when she was spending time on the phone with this guy from jail, I was usually somewhere around. I honestly thought I was too good to get caught up in that. But the nigga she was talking to had a roommate that would always tell Sherry, to tell me how whenever he knew I was around. So I'm thinking, yo, stop being such a snob. It wouldn't kill you to say hi back. The next time Sherry was on the phone with his friend and he wanted to say hi, I took the phone and responded myself. Hi. He responds, how you doing? Yo, damn, his voice is sexy. And I like his accent. I've always had a soft spot for American dudes. He said he liked my voice. <laughs> I don't blame him. Then he says, mind, would you mind if I called you? Can I get your number, please? Honestly, everything in me is saying, don't do it. This nigga in jail, don't do it. But I respond, yeah, sure. He responds, don't worry, I'll pay the bill. The price of the calls wasn't that much, so it didn't bother me. His name was Jersey. He was from New Jersey. 
I didn't know what he looked like, but he sounded mad sexy. (laughs) We hit it off, and the interest seemed mutual. Things with Sherry and her thing were going good, and she wanted to go see him, but he was in jail in the far east, and she had no car. I was always down for a ride and a road trip, so I didn't mind driving her out there. Plus, I would get a chance to see my thing, too. Only downfall was that by the time we drove down, we wouldn't have made it back in time to pick up my son from daycare. She could always get her family to pick up her daughter from daycare, a luxury that I did not have. So I brought him with me. The drive down was fine, but I felt hella horrible bringing my child to jail to meet a man who wasn't his daddy. Damn, are you this desperate? Jail's down for kids? I was hoping since he was young, he wouldn't even remember it. The looks I got was more than enough to shame me. I felt nervous about meeting Jersey. I mean, I know my voice was sexier than how I looked. Guys, we used to say, whoa, you sound so sexy. You sound like a phone sex operator. Send me a pic. (laughs) Feeling so gassed and confident, I would send them a pic, only to be met with silence or the comment, you don't look like how you sound. I had gotten used to being invisible, so I kept my phone relationship and physical relationship separate. If they chopped me on the street, then I knew they liked me. If they chopped me from online, I tried to delay meeting for fear of disappointment. I met Jersey, and child, he was sexy. But I could tell he was just putting on a good face. He seemed a bit taken back that I was a big girl. I'm sure it was not what he expected from the girl with such a sultry, sexy voice. Now, maybe I'm overthinking this. It's not always about my weight. But the day I left jail was the day the phone phone call stopped. I heard he was released from jail a few weeks later, but we never spoke again. Told you, he don't want no fat chick. I hated it. Hated him. I was such a dope chick. If only he could have gotten past the weight, he would have seen how beautiful my soul was. But he didn't care about me or the $800 bill he left me with. Your mom was right. Guys aren't going to be okay with a girl who's heavy. One of Jersey's cell brethren named AK, who used to say hi from time to time, found a way to get in contact with me after Jersey left. Said he heard I was in a situation and he was going to help me out in exchange for some help. Said Jersey was a coward, but... I didn't need to worry because he preferred thick girls anyways. AK was an intelligent Arab dude. His maturity was next level. He actually held a decent conversation. All he needed from me was a three-way him to his mother in Windsor so he could talk to her. It was easy enough. To avoid raising the bill, AK had me set up ghost lines to make the calls. Ghost lines were what niggas used to make phone calls without paying. It worked like this. I called the phone call company, gave them a fake name, fake last name, fake birthday, and fake driver's license to set up the phone line. The company would send a technician out to set up the line, and we used it until they discovered it was fake and cut it off. Then I'd call with a different ID to set up a different phone line. Sometimes we got a few weeks out of it, sometimes a few days. It depended on how good the fake ID was and how quick the company was to catch on. It was surprisingly easy to create a fake driver's license and complete profile. This was a whole new world to me. I connected calls for AK, his brethren Jigga, and his brethren Anthony. 
Jigga had family locally, and Anthony would call his girl. It was honestly harmless. The main thing for me was switching up my voice, waiting for the technician, and remembering what name I gave. A knock at my door ended my exhausting wait for the technician. I was given a 12 to 5 window, which seemed to usually mean they'd show up closer to 5 than 12. Go figure. I opened the door and could barely catch my breath. Ooh, damn, he's sexy. I didn't expect him to be so good looking. Most of the times, I don't even notice the men who hook up my services. From my angle, he's about 5'7", well-built. Needs a lineup, but his eyes... His eyes felt like they were piercing my soul. Although it may have only been a minute that I had the door open, it felt like time had frozen and I was floating. I could imagine. I probably threw him off guard. I was picturing the view from his angle. A door opened and revealed a woman standing in a long white t-shirt and a pair of batiradas. All I could hear in my head was a t-shirt song from Destiny Child. That song, the lyrics will go something like this. I feel the fabric from your t-shirt flow with my body. I can still hear your baritone in my ear telling me you'll take it slow. And I was in the mirror playing a role like you were here. I couldn't turn me on, so I fell asleep with the music on. Woke up again hearing the same old song playing. Ooh, Give it to me deeper, ooh, giving me the fever, oh, now you got my feet up, this one is a keeper, now the second verse is playing, oh, we tried to stand up, oh, hold me while my hand's up, oh, and the music picks up, now he sees my shirt off, I'm thinking to myself again. A deep voice interrupted my thoughts, Angela? You're Angia, right? Mm, yeah. Yes. Yes. I I am Angia. Yes. <laughs> Lies. If I could read his mind, I could only surmise his response was, Wow. With enough time passed standing here between us, he said, I'm here to activate some services for you. Would you mind letting me in? Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I'll lead the way. I sashayed my way up about four steps to where my TV was set up and left the phone. I knew the room he needed to get him to hook up the cable was locked, and my super left from four. It was now five. I had AK in one ear on the phone asking a shitload of questions while I was trying to attend to the needs of this man in front of me. I put the phone to the side. In a low tone, I said to him, um, I think the room you need is next door, but it's locked, and there's no one here to open it right now. I had left a note on the file asking for the person to come before four, so I don't know if they got that message to you. Sorry to waste your time. To my surprise, he says, oh, I can come back tomorrow, but that's my day off. All I want to do is scream, yes, 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 come back. Yes, come back on your day off, please. Instead, I say, it's okay. You you don't have to come on your day off. Luckily, he says, well, I don't want to leave you without your services, so I don't mind coming back tomorrow. I get paid either way. 
he got my stomach in knots, butterflies all around. I couldn't stop looking in his eyes as I walk him to the door. I say, um, what's your name again? Roy. We exchanged numbers and we both stood awkwardly before saying bye. I watched him as he walked away. Damn, I couldn't stop smiling. I forgot this man was on the phone. Hello? Oh, uh, my bad. No, um, he can't do it today. He's going to do it tomorrow. I assured him by the following day, everything would be connected and I would be home so I could get his calls done. At first, the calls were far and few between. But then AK would feel away when I called, when he called and I didn't answer. So I had to forward my house phone to my cell phone so I could connect the calls in between my classes. It was getting to be a lot. Balancing the calls between all the guys, but AK's mom had promised to send me money to pay down the phone bill, so I kept making the calls. Besides the calls, we spent time getting to know each other. It was nice, but at the moment, I had my sights set on someone else. Roy would call me at his lunch breaks, and we were constantly texting. Every time I got a message for him, I couldn't help but smile. <laughs> we talked about anything, and everything and I felt so comfortable with him. From past experiences, I developed a habit of always asking a couple of key questions. Number one, do you have a girl? Number two, what are your intentions by talking to me? I needed to know from the get-go if this was a friendship thing, a sex thing, a once-in-a-while thing. I needed to adjust my feelings accordingly and could only do that by asking questions up front. We brushed over the questions and the conversation about our first date. There was just so much to cover. With the way things were going, I just couldn't understand why he wasn't asking me out. Until I asked him directly, are we still going to go bowling? His response was, unfortunately, I can't take you out because I have a girlfriend. I don't want to hurt you, so I needed to be honest with you. Didn't want to hurt me. Too late. What the fuck, man? I'm scrolling through her text messages to see if I missed something or caught the wrong vibe. Nope. I don't know how I could have misread these signals. To make the situation better, he says, I like talking to you. If only I met you first, I would be with you and not her. See, this was crazy to me. If he felt that strongly, what was stopping him? Here I am. Like, seriously, if you want me, I'm right here. I could feel the anger and hurt in the pit of my stomach, but there was nothing left but to leave him alone. I felt hella stupid. I'm being to AK, and while licking my own damn wounds, I was not emotionally available to entertain him. I was dissing someone who liked me, chasing a man who was unavailable. It just didn't make no sense. I mean, AK, he was he was sweet, gentle, smart, and he wanted me to be his girl. I said yes. Honestly, I gave it a chance. I didn't know how serious it could be with a nigga from jail, but at this point, I didn't even care. He was happy. The phone calls had become a family affair once I started making calls for AK's brother, too. His brother had the math for the fake profiles. It had been a long time since both brothers had been able to speak directly to each other, so I had one call on my cell while the other call was on my house phone. I put both on speakerphone to talk. It honestly felt nice being able to link both brothers since they hadn't spoken in so long. 
Only issue was that the phone lines were getting disconnected almost as fast as putting them on. And when I called in, they were inquiring about my apartment and who lived there. It was enough to scare me. I wasn't trying to get caught. Since I was now making calls for AK's brother, he too offered to pay the bill. So I started using my house phone under my real name to connect the calls. AK was always helpful, as he could be from behind bars. I was looking for another car since my car was giving me a little bit of trouble. And he said he had to connect for a car, but I would have to travel to Windsor where his mom and other siblings lived. He also let me know that his sister had a set of leather couches that she was selling that I could look at while I was down there. I had never met his mom and just briefly spoke to her on the phone, but eh, I figured why not? I needed a car and if he had the link, why not? I planned it for a weekend when Kiki was gone to my mom's to ensure I could get things done without worrying about him. AK's mother happily met me as I got off the train and drove me over to the car dealership. Even though I didn't see any cars I liked, I quickly learned that welfare was not an acceptable means of income. Even if I had seen something I wanted, um, I also learned that credit was just as bad, or no credit was just as bad as having bad credit. And since I hadn't built any type of credit with my new good up, good up credit, I had no trust with any creditors. It wasn't a complete waste of trip, though, because before driving me to the house, we stopped to see the leather couches that were sitting in the lobby of the car dealership. Although they smelled like cigarette smoke, they were in great condition. She was selling two pieces of real leather reclining seats, a three-seater and a single-seater for 400 total. For an extra $100, AK's sister convinced one of her friends to drive the couch set from Windsor to my house in Toronto that same night. AK's mom prepared an amazing Middle Eastern meal before we left that night. The colors, they were so vibrant. The taste of mint was tickling my taste buds. Oh, it was so refreshing. It was different. The icing on the cake was when she gave me some money towards the phone bill. It wasn't a whole heap, but it gave me the security that they were going to pay off the rest of the bill. I climbed into a truck, thanked his mom, and started the four-hour journey back to Toronto. On my way home, my mom was racing, though. Was this a good idea? I don't even know these people. What if something goes wrong? I didn't even tell nobody where I was going. Honestly, by the time I got back, I had never been so happy to see my building. It was nighttime when we got back. The ride wasn't bad. They were extremely nice people. Even helped carry my new furniture into my apartment. I didn't realize how bad the cigarette smell was, though, until I brought it into my apartment. It was like stifling the air. But none that some Febreze and a good old wipe down couldn't fix. Honestly, AK was a good man. He checked for me, always made sure I was good. I respected that about him. What I didn't like was how jealous and possessive he was getting. From the beginning, I would make calls for his friend Jigga. But the more Jigga would call to connect to his girl, the more AK was jealous. Even if it didn't cut into his phone time because I used different lines, it wasn't good enough. If he was going to pay the bill, he wasn't about sharing. It got to the point that I had to hide when Jigga called to keep the cool on both sides. What was cool before was no longer cool. And one thing about me, I don't do controlling relationships. So the more AK tried to control me, the more I ran in the opposite direction. I never wanted to cut him out completely because I was grateful for the help. And I knew he just didn't want me to get caught up. I could tell he cared about me, but once he started to get rude... We had to cut that off for a bit. 
If AK was mad at me for making calls for Jigga, he definitely wouldn't have been okay with me delivering a package for him. Jigga had asked me to pick up a package from this one guy and pass it on to his brother. There were simple instructions to follow. Pick up the package, don't look at it, pass it off. So I did just that. I picked up the package to give to his brother, except his brother delayed our meeting by a week. My sister saw the package in my car and asked what it was, and I gave her the same answer. Don't touch it. I gotta deliver it. My sister had always been rebellious, though. Somehow, don't look meant nothing to her. I always thought, yo, that's how people get killed, being too fast and asking questions they don't need answers to. My sister thought it was stupid to not know what was in my possession. Ignorance was bliss, though, because once I knew what was in the package, then I started to worry and got anxiety. It turned out to be some bloody rag, and now I was a sitting duck in an area that was a ticking time bomb of cops. It was at that moment I realized the depth of the favor he asked. I could have easily gotten myself way more caught up. This was a moment of growth for me. Between the favors and the phone bills, which, by the way, had racked up to $8,000 between AK's calls, his brothers, his sisters. She was in jail at one time, too. And all the mother niggas. I ran numbers for the bill had accumulated. And at that, $100 that his mom had given me was nearly a drop in the bucket in comparison. I figured it was time I took a break altogether and refocused on school. I had a taste of the life, and I decided it wasn't for me. So funny how I held my nose up high, and in the end, I ended up getting caught up. But honestly, it just kind of happened. Hey, I'm Paula. Thank you so much for listening. It's truly been a blessing. You can find copies of this book at livingcola.com. You can connect with me on Instagram and Facebook. Please join me next week as I continue to read chapters from Casualty of Love's Apologies.